Amused Boosh is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. If we're not here to share strong opinions, then what are we here to do? You know, right? you're absolutely I'm right. I'm from Texas, goddammit, and this is what I think. Hey guys, I'm Jen. I'm Abby. And this is Amused Boosh. Um, all right. Well, I'm super excited that we finally had the opportunity to um, get together and talk about food in a way that's not just around our tables anymore. Yeah. It's we're going to, I feel gonna... like I spend so much time thinking about food that it's nice to be able to talk about it with someone who understands the plight. So it makes yeah. sense. yes, I, you know, for me, it's, as soon as I'm eating a meal, I'm thinking about the next one and planning about how that one's going to be. So this is even better because now it takes up all the rest of that time I had that I was usually reserving for sleep or uh, it's prioritizing, you know, you've yeah, got to really yeah. start with the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy and food is all of my pyramids. That's so. right. Yeah. Food, food hits every single level of that. It just gets more bougie. The higher up it goes, it does. It gets more bougie. <laughs> it goes from, from queso all the way up to like a nice brie. Oh yeah. No. Or it's like a deconstructed queso where like, you know, the, the cheese has been put into, to frozen like nitrogen and oh, yeah. turned into some kind of like cheese ice cream. That's all the way down to like the nacho cheese pump at the movie theater. Oh yeah. Or, you know, Velveeta and Rotel just, oh, in the but that's a classic man. The best. <laughs> all right. Well, we are officially doing a food podcast. That's We're officially happening. doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah live in the dream. So, uh, I think one of the things that I hope to get out of this is a better understanding of the food that we have access to the culture that's around us, trying new things with the scope of, you know, all the things that are available to us that we might not otherwise try. Yeah. I, I love that we both enjoy going out to eat and experiencing new restaurants and people who love food and want to share it with the world, but also you and I love to cook. And so I think mm-hmm. this is a great opportunity for us to, to tackle both sides of the spectrum. You know, we're not professional chefs. We are just people who love to eat and talk about food together. Well, and this year has been sort of a good year for us. This is the year of the home chef, right? Absolutely. And, uh, and we've certainly, I think early on, everybody was baking their sourdough loaves and all of that. We, we sort of started our own um, tradition, we'll call it, early on. And I think it was, it's worth saying that this is quarantine pod, right? Everyone yeah. has their little safety net. But so the, the way that our, that our food battles started in the, uh, in the vein of Iron Chef was really just an excuse to get together and eat, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we needed to get out of our houses. We had been completely quarantined for, I think, up to six months at that point. It, I, it had to be close to six months where you and I had not seen each other. Uh, and we finally were like, okay, we've been isolated. We need one additional person in this COVID bubble. I cannot handle the loneliness anymore. <laughs> What's a good way for us to get around that? I think it was early on in the pandemic, I had my sights set on summertime being like, this will be over by then. Oh yeah. And I think once like June rolled around and it was clear that that was not going to be the case, it became a 
how can I do this consistently over the next, however long it's going to be taking mitigated risks and preserving my sanity. So thus the iron chef battle, uh, was born. That was it. I mean, so you and I met through the improv scene in Charlotte, right? That was our outlet for doing things that are creative and creating something new every day. Uh, and that was all taken away from us. You know, we couldn't go on a stage. We couldn't interact with an audience. And so I was lost. I had no idea what to do with myself. I had all of these ideas, but I had no idea, no way to, to leverage them or, you know, get them out there. And so I started making just like stress baking, like everybody else, you know, I was like, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make that. And they became more and more complex as we went, but there was nobody to share it with. And the best Mm -hmm. part of cooking is sharing that with someone and it, especially uh, when you're making something that's like outside of your normal, it's going to be a little more indulgent, yeah. I think. So I'm, I live alone, so I can't stock my house full of baked goods unless I'm not going to fit out the door one day. Exactly. So. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, a huge adjustment for me was it used to be that when I wanted something, I wanted a bite of it and then I could take it to the office and everyone else could have it. And then I didn't have to worry well, about it. This is your problem, coworkers. That's right. <laughs> but now I'm stuck with the entire cheesecake that I just made. So what am I going to do with it? And so I think that's where we said, okay, well, let's let's combine our appetites and try and get through this together. Have you ever made something, eaten part of it, and then just thrown it away? Like, 100%. Through food waste, just toss it right in the trash. I am one of the worst about this because I, if I do not like something, I am not going to eat it. I am only five feet tall, which means I do not need a lot of calories. If I even just breathe in something that's like got (laughs) butter in it, I will gain a pound. So I can't, if it does not taste good, I am not going to put the calories in my body. And so I will throw some prioritization. You got limited real estate, you know? Absolutely. I hear you on that. Well, so taking us back to the first battle and, and all of our battles were ingredient driven or have been to date. I know going forward, some may be thematic, um, but the three that we have done so far have been um, ingredient driven. The first of which was battle peppers. And I know that we had some really awesome entries into this. I'm going to get hungry talking about it. So for my approach, I chose to do, I wanted to cram in as many peppers as I could into my dish instead of just picking one and sort of rolling with it. So I did a, a chicken Thai curry um, with a bunch of different colors of peppers. I think there was a Serrano pepper in addition to like a red, yellow, green sort of situation, uh, over Jasmine rice. This was so good to me in every single way. So first and foremost, just visually the colors just pop out at you, right? It's got the red, the orange, the, the yellow, and it was cilantro on top. Yes. It was just all so beautiful. You so that, you know, everybody always talks about how you eat with your eyes first. And this was just so beautiful. When I got there first, I got hit by the vision of it. And then the smell because curries are so warm and it was starting to get a little chilly. And it was like, this is, this is comfort food. Cause curry just like hugs you all the way down, you know, it does that like nice, gentle burn. And, and then the next day it continues to hug you, right? <laughs> it's all the way, just start to finish end to end. Uh, you know, what was, was so funny about this to me was that we had not discussed to this point, our level, our like heat thresholds. Right. Uh, so both of us took a uh, reserved approach to the level of spice, even though the battle was battle pepper, because I now tell me if you disagree, but for me, 
I love spicy food, but it has to be spice that enhances flavor. It can't be spice for spice's sake. I do not like heat that is just like hits you with a wall and your mouth is burning and you want to throw up. That does not appeal to me. Well, it's that level of, of like shock factor or egregious levels of something that we talked about the other day where all those videos of people like prying apart a pastry just to like see all the crap inside. Like no one eats that way, first of all. And then you've just obviously destroyed that cupcake in front of God and everybody. So that to me is the same level as like the shockingly spicy stuff. Like it's really not meant for normal human consumption in any sort of respectable way. Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent. I loved this curry though, because it was the right level where the heat was there to complement all the other flavors. And it just, you had been simmering it for like, I feel like a couple hours by the time I got there. And so it was just beautiful. And then over the Jasmine rice, it just made this perfect setup. And then like the chicken, obviously it had chicken in it. It was perfectly cooked. It had been simmered in the sauce. So just all of it together just made like a perfect. We'll add that one of our constituents is kosher. So I would have maybe normally gone with like a shrimp dish. Um, however, this has been a new challenge for me trying to avoid shellfish and bacon. <laughs> I, it's, it's been hard for me too, because I am the one who lives with them and I love bacon and I love shellfish. So for me, I made it very clear when we first started dating, I said, I, I will not stop eating shrimp for you. Just so you know, I won't, we all have our boundaries. Yeah. Like I won't not, I won't make it for you and force you to eat it, but I am going to order it places and it will be mine. Like, I'm not going to take that away. Does he ever get get, like drunk and just decide he really wants bacon? I will tell you, I have gotten him uh, hooked on somebody feed Phil. We're watching from the first season and Jewish guys. What's that? He's a Jewish, Jewish guy. Phil. Yes. So he eats all sorts of. Yeah. He clearly, he chooses not to be kosher, but I, we were watching the Thailand episode in the first season and they make this thing with these big pieces of jumbo lump crab. And this lady oh. with this huge walk on an open fire starts like tossing it in oil with like eggs and makes like this amazing omelet. He was just like, I want to eat that. I was like, you want to eat crab? And he's like, yeah, I would eat that. So I was like, great. Uh, We're going to Thailand. I immediately started looking at at trips to Thailand to be like, as soon as this pandemic is over, I am there. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. He seems like he's willing for going non-kosher is crab. He is exactly. I think he's using it as a crutch to get around things he doesn't want to eat because he doesn't like them. He has a hang up about crab or excuse me, shrimp. Maximus is losing his mind. He has a hang up on shrimp. He doesn't like the flavor or the texture or anything. He said the closest he ever got was enjoying popcorn shrimp, which, okay, okay great. Let's just try into that. <laughs> Let's just go there. Right. I'll eat it all day. Baby steps. Yeah. So, all right. So moving on to your battle recipe. Oh, yeah. And we'll say that you sort of did the, there were three of us. I think you pretty much I owned did. the other two. I, I did. <laughs> make it look like he put something in the collection plate and that's, that's all right. good and fine. But so tell me about the two dishes that you brought to the table. Yes. So I wanted to make chicken and grits. Again, I would have probably done uh, shrimp on a normal day, but uh, from a previous night when you had come over for grilling outdoors, I made a mistake that turned out to be a beautiful mistake. Oh my God, this chicken changed my life. (laughs) So I grilled this chicken um, and I, so it's, it's this, this perfectly grilled chicken that you marinate in like Dijon mustard and, and a whole bunch of other things like garlic powder, onion powder, soy sauce, brown sugar. And then you just let them marinate for like 30 minutes, uh, like lemon and lime juice, all that good stuff. Um, And my whole plan was that I was 
was going to grill some of these that have been marinated and some that were just going to be on the grill naked and then put some sweet and spicy barbecue sauce on. Except I got so excited and I happened to have a glass of wine while we were doing this. I don't know. I don't. That sounds so unlike. It does sound extremely out of the ordinary for us. But as we were just talking, we were having a great time outside sitting on the patio and I just started to baste the chicken. And I realized that I put the barbecue sauce on the perfectly marinated chicken as well. But then we had it anyway, because normally I probably would have been like, it's. I probably would have thrown it away if I probably wouldn't have tried it, but then we, I don't know. Cause I'm weird, but it, it was ruined as far as I was concerned. It was ruined. Right. But thank God we tried it because it was so incredible. I mean, because it had been marinating and all those different things, it was super tender. It had so much great depth of flavor in the chicken. And then that sweet and spicy barbecue sauce and guys secret. It's just the sweet baby Ray's sweet and spicy sauce. Sweet baby Ray's is delightful. I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. So that was just incredible. So then I thought, okay, now we've tried this before. So now let's up my game and use my favorite grits recipe and combine them together. So, all right, well, this so might be, far, a I haven't heard any chilies or right? any, uh, this is any where peppers. the chilies. So the spicy, right. Is there's some chili pe- like in the, the barbecue sauce, which again, is just, it's not homemade. So that's a cheat, but where I get it is in, in the grits themselves. Now, this is kind of a hot take Jen, but I am not a huge grits fan in general. <sighs> Say it ain't so. We're in the South. I know, but I was born in Texas, which I learned when I moved here that is not really the South. It's more like the Southwest. (laughs) So totally Southwest. I'd never heard have a blessed day until I moved here. So (laughs) it's incredible. (laughs) Have a blessed day, honey. Blessed day. Yeah. So I, when I first came here, I went to a friend's house and she, her mom made these jalapeno grits. And I was like, Ooh, I don't think I'm going to like this. Any grits I've ever had have just been boiled in water and they're gross. And she made them in a slow cooker with everything. And they were incredible, of course. And the so Southern grit is a vessel for indulgence. Yes. That's all it is. It's, there's no health left to this thing. It is a, an appropriate way to get butter, cream, and cheese into your face. That's it. That's exactly it. And so after I tried these, I found a recipe that I've leveraged for myself that is basically a cheesy grits that is cooked in milk and and chicken broth, right? That's already not water. So I'm happy with that because it gets really nice and creamy, but then layers of heat that go into this. So hatch green chilies, right? Already a perfect way to get just like the right level of spice and they come in varying levels, but I like the medium heat. Um, so I love hatch green chilies in them, but then also adding a little bit of smokiness from chipotles that are Mm. canned in adobo sauce. That adobo sauce is crack. It's so so good. It's so good. And so, you know, you can really control the level of heat in those grits, depending on how you take the chipotles out. So I think the recipe calls for like four chipotles. If you don't seed them, you are going to regret everything, every choice you've made (laughs) because they're so hot. I've made them for Jacob and they are just so hot. You can't eat the grits anymore, but if you take them out, you de-seed them and Mm. they've still got the sauce. And I always grab like a few spoonfuls of the adobo sauce, Oh yeah, throw it in the grits as well. It just creates this amazing, and you add a bunch of cheddar cheese. Like you can't go wrong with an extra sharp cheddar. So these grits are hot. Um, they've got the hatch green chilies. They've got the, the chipotle in there and then they're just so good and so rich. So combined with that chicken. Oh yeah. That chicken was, well, and you chose chicken thighs, which I think was a brilliant idea because it is like the indulgent side of chicken, right? Unless it's a chicken wing, I want a chicken thigh. I like, don't come think at me with a chicken breast and I'm bored. I'm over it. I, you know what? I eat chicken breasts and tuna salad for too many years. I'm okay 
having like a slightly larger pant size if I can eat chicken thighs. They're just better. They're no one's in eating way. like boiled chicken and broccoli. That's not who we are. Not anymore. <laughs> no <offense laughs> anybody who eats boiled chicken and broccoli, but do better. That's right. Uh, That's right. Live your life. Um, so there was a second dish that you had. Yes. Well, we actually had this, so it wasn't October, it was September. And I remember this now because it was the day before my birthday. So again, perfect excuse. I wanted something to celebrate my birthday, but I didn't want to keep all of them. So I decided I would make cupcakes and I've always wanted to challenge myself to make a chocolate and chili something. Cause I've had chocolate and chili combinations elsewhere at restaurants and stuff. And I really like it. So I challenged myself to make something and I, I settled on these, um, like ancho chili cupcakes with, uh, like a cream cheese frosting. And they were so interesting. I'd love to know your thoughts on them. They were great because it wasn't overpowering on either side, right? It wasn't too sweet. And then when the heat came in, it was in the back of it. So it was just a subtle, it didn't kick you in the teeth. It didn't overpower anything. It was still, still just a really good moist chocolate cupcake. Yeah. But then there was that little note of just something more interesting on the back end of it. It Yeah. And that's, that's from the ground ancho chili pepper that was in there. So that powder is in there and then some cayenne. So cayenne always hits me in the back of the throat. Yep. And uh, so it was just enough to give it that little bit of warmth. I felt like that's really what it was. It wasn't really heat. It it was heat, but in the way of warmth yeah. instead of spicy. Um, but then the, um, you know, the, the frosting itself also had some chilies in it, but I added cinnamon, um, mm. which gave it just the perfect combination. You wouldn't quite expect it. You know, maybe I wouldn't have expected it to work as well as it did, but I loved it. I actually put cinnamon in a lot of my sort of Mexican style or, or Tex-Mex style food, like my, my chili, my, um, what did I make the other day? Oh, I did just like sauteed chicken with like cumin, chili powder, all that kind of stuff. And I add just a, just enough cinnamon to like, I don't know why it adds so much. Like it's like, uh, I'm rambling, but the, um, what's the Greek dish that has the bechamel on top? Musica. Pasticcio, not musica. Um, I'll think of it later. Yeah. But they, in like their, in their meat sauce, there's often warm spice. And I feel like it just adds this just different dimension that brightens things up a little bit. And I think especially in like Mexican food and, and other like Central and South American dishes, cinnamon is not an uncommon ingredient, especially in like moles and things like that, where you would use yeah. it. Um, so I think, you know, it, I agree with you though. I know when it's there, but I don't quite always realize that that's what it is. I just right. go, Ooh, there's another level of complexity to this thing. What is it that's making this taste so much different than your traditional, whatever it is. And it's usually yeah. cinnamon, usually cinnamon. Look at that. Huge fan. Love it. So, uh, in recap battle peppers, rousing success, I would say, uh, it started uh, the entire trend for us. We had to keep doing it because it was too fun and too good not to importantly, however, who won? Oh, we didn't, we couldn't agree. Every single dish on this, we agreed were on their merits as good as the next. Every single dish here was amazing. And here's what I will tell you. The best part was the fact that you forgot to turn off the burner in the other room. So for the two hours we sat there and enjoyed these things, the Thai curry was continuing to simmer and melt. So I got the leftovers and then they just were incredible because they had just been... condensed at that point. You had oh, to gosh. open it back up with some stock or something. It oh was incredible. God. I did not. I just completely pure unadulterated, concentrated curry. It basically turned back into a paste. It was the best thing I've ever had. <laughs> well, yeah, nobody won. Everybody 
everybody won and that yep. nobody won. But, but I will I say in, in future battles, we did pick winners, which is great because did I think we? we did pick some. I And the only reason I remember is because I know I won one. Um, but <laughs> other than I think I think that was the one that you made like five things. And I think I just forfeited on sheer volume of effort. (laughs) See, that's that's it. I cast a real wide net. I I enter in all the categories with the hopes that I'll win something. That's fair. I can't I can't eat on that. So Battle Peppers (laughs) was was the first round in future episodes. We'll talk about other battles that we have done, perhaps uh, go into a little more depth about what the process is like um, for future ones that we have. We've got some good ones cooked up. I yeah. think what, uh, what's the next one I think we have on our uh, plate? I think we're talking, it's spring now. So I think that we're talking Battleberry might be. Battleberry, yes. That's very proper, yeah. written timely. Very cool. Well, those are the battles. Love them. They're a lot of fun. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care feels like home because video visits bring my provider to me. Ortho Carolina. My care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked, plus the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at BloomenthalArts.org slash BPA Broadway. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit CDC.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care doesn't have to wait because after hours, urgent care knows accidents happen. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Something else that's a lot of fun for me is reading Yelp reviews for restaurants that are local. I think a lot of people start there to figure out a like what where I should go maybe what I should order when I yeah. get there um but there's also like a weird cesspool of just really ridiculous Yelp reviews uh, available and uh we'd like to just go through a couple of those now that would make me really happy so you all may be familiar with the local establishment Bojangles and what is this what is Bojangles Bojangles is famous for its chicken and biscuits believe it is is from the charlotte area um little indulgent i would say it's something that i kind of crave when i'm hungover sort of thing the bow Um, rounds those bow rounds they have magic in them but uh matt s of charlotte visited bojangles last year and i'd like to invite him to share his experience with us please please matt i love the food So why the one star review, you ask? This review is years in the making. I'm a lifelong Bojangles lover, but, 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 but I can't get over the service. I ignored this poor review for a long time in part to my loyalty 
Every Bojangles is ridiculous on their service. People are nice enough, but I have waited over 20 minutes multiple times at multiple locations. I have been trapped in the drive-thru line. I literally had to stand in drive-thru lines asking when my food would be delivered to my car. Let that sink in for a second. It's not a business model problem. And I'm not ordering off some secret menu fried foie gras. I made a vow to not go back for this last year for an entire year. Time to switch to Popeye's or some other local fried chicken provider. This review hurts me probably more than it hurts you, Bojangles. But you've done me wrong too many times. Oh, my wow. God. Matt, is, I feel for Matt. Experience. Like, he's he's clearly at the point in his life where he needs that food as sustenance. Like, he's starving and he needs this now. And the fact that other people are also hungry is a huge uh, hurdle for him. Like that is an obstacle he's not willing to contend with. Well, he's clearly a man of simple tastes. He is tired of fancy foie gras appearing yes. on menus as it were. And it seems like he's tried to hold on to the relationship as long as he could, but um, judging by his image, which is a photo of uh, the baby dinosaur from the television series, Dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. You may be familiar with that if you are over the age of 30. Uh, he is, he is, uh, again, a man of distinct taste. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, my favorite thing that I take away is I might go to Popeye's or some other local joint. So the question I have is, does he think Popeye's is a local joint or is his threat? I'm either going to go to a bigger national chicken provider, or I'm going to go all the way the opposite direction and go to a mom and pop because he's got the regional down. So he can't decide if he wants to go all the way to uh, national or if he wants to go all the way to just only in Charlotte. Well, and it's tears, right? Like he's clearly put Bojangles up on this pedestal and Popeye's is beneath it. And then at the very bottom of this pyramid, some other local fried chicken provider. Well, I guess like, I'll go to prices. Not heard of prices <laughs> or that gas station on South Boulevard yep. or any other haberdish, all the places that have banging fried chicken. Anyway, no Matt, way. I hope that you, uh, that you have healed. I hope that the year that you vowed to stay away from Bojangles has been fruitful for you and that you've done some reflecting yeah. on, uh, yeah. on what you're willing to deal with and what you're not. How long ago did he write this post? This was in August of last year. So he's okay. coming up on that anniversary. It's almost a year. So he's, yeah, I'm really excited to hear if he has an update for us about if Bojangles heard that, took it to heart and made some adjustments. Maybe they like learned from Chick-fil-A's logistics team and maybe they in- improved their, you know, process for getting people through a line you know judging on the layout of other reviews i'm gonna guess no i'm gonna guess that that didn't happen but it certainly isn't impossible that's fair i also have a yelp review for you um this one is for a very popular local joint has a few different locations in charlotte which is amelie's french bakery and cafe um, this one, it, it, I really connected to this one. So, um, I did remove the name of this individual. So unfortunately we're just going to have to go with anonymous here. Is there an option for 10 stars? Since I was little, I've never been as huge a fan of candy as I have been baked goodies. I have never experienced a place where every treat is absolutely, ridiculously amazing. I just moved from New York to North Carolina. Out in New York, Italian bakeries are all over. This is my first French bakery. And let me just say, 
you guys make those Italian bakeries look atrocious. Every time, three times now, I've walked in. Just the looks alone of the treats. I can't seem to only get one. Nope. I buy like $50 worth of treats. As I said, I'm not a huge fan of candy. So generally, I'm not a huge fan of caramel either. Your caramel bars are insane. Pure insanity. How delicious they are. I actually got emotional eating it. I'm pretty sure I had visions. Five stars. I mean, I've also had visions when I've eaten certain things, but that is some passion. That is passion. Now, I assume that she uh, got to New York by way of Boston, but... It sounds like it. I, I, would, I would imagine. I it sounds like it. See it. Sounds like she hasn't practiced accents for an entire year because she's had no reason to go. <laughs> sounds like she's got a vendetta against the Italians in her life. She might need to do some self-searching on that one. But I'm really uh, curious. Yeah, I mean, it's really hardcore. I'm only used to Italian bakeries. Right. Like, I've never been to a French cafe before, like, ever. And so there's clearly, I mean, I feel like I know this stereotypically about New York, but like there's a clear monopoly on bakeries by uh, Italian joints. So. Yeah, but even those are starting to branch out. I mean, it's not all cannoli anymore, you know, there's right. other stuff, but yeah. I guess well, can you, can you get it? Is all you've got, you know. Can you get a quessel at an Italian bakery? I'm pretty sure you could. I bet you could. I bet you could. I guess we'll have to find out. Trip to New York? Uh, done. 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 Great. Check. Well, so one thing it, that I've really missed about being in the real world is, you know, interacting with other human beings, Jen, I love you. Um, and I enjoy all the time we spend together, but you know, we can only talk to each other for so long. And, and one right. thing that I think we really wanted to do with this podcast is learn from other people and hear their stories too. We've got tons of stories to share, but I think one of the benefits of this type of a medium is that we have that opportunity to, to hear other people's perspectives on things. Yeah. And so, um, I did a little thing, um, where I, I thought it would be cool if we created a, um, a mailbox, a voice mailbox where people could call in and share their stories with us. Are you cool with that? I am so down for that. And I am just borderline impressed that people are willing to do this anymore. Cause I think there's a certain age bracket that's like, call you on the phone? How about I text you? Right. Or I'll send a snarky Facebook message. Um, so I enjoy being able to hear, you know, other people's perspectives through their own voices. And I think the safety of a, of a mailbox like that is nice for sort of like, you know, you can delete it and start over if you yeah. don't like your take or, or pre-plan what you're saying. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. So what was the first prompt that we yeah. decided to roll with. So I, you know, we talked about it a little bit in the food battles about how your curry just hit me with the smell of the kitchen and, and everything. And, and so, um, because scent has such a connection with memory, it's the strongest sense that we have that triggers memories. Um, I think we all have some memories in the kitchen or related to food that are connected to aromas. Yeah. Um, so, so the question is, uh, you know, what is your strongest aroma memory related to food, um, whether that's good or bad? Yeah. So um, I have a couple Collins for us, uh, two in fact, which is a couple. Turns out that's what couple means. Um, so I would love to play that for you, Jen, if you are right. willing to listen. I am all yours. Hey, it's Maria. 
So I'm answering the smell memory thing. So my smell memory story is back when I lived in a small apartment, what, eight years ago? I was around five or six years old, and every morning I would make strawberry milk, which was just a strawberry Nesquik syrup into milk. That stuff had a very strong scent of artificial fruit and sugar, especially because I put, like, six tablespoons in one glass of milk. I would turn on the TV to Disney Junior and watch something called Nina Has to Go, which is basically about this little redheaded girl who never went to the bathroom before the family left. So when they got to their destination, she had to pee super bad. I would drink my milk while watching the show and kind of used it as a potty training thing, I guess. After I finished the show, my milk would be gone and I would have to pee. I did that every day for like four months before we moved. So now, whenever I smell Nesquik or something strawberry related, I instantly think of Nina has to go. And then I have to go. Thanks for listening. First and foremost, I want her to be president. (laughs) Uh, I'll vote for her. That's incredibly self-aware. I mean, t- being able to not only tie it to a, a memory, but also a physical re- reaction of like, this smell makes me feel like I have to pee. <laughs> what on earth? You know, and it just shows that that we as humans, we think we're so well-developed, but we are just as oh, Pavlovian as anything else. We really are. We really are. What a great yeah. example of that. And I, I totally get the... Uh, I don't know, in making that kind of stuff as a kid, it felt, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how old that person on the, on the line was, but you know, when you are just starting to be responsible for sort of making your own thing and you go over the top, like I remember my, my mom always used to buy like diet soda. We never had regular soda. We were kind of chubby as kids. It was just like, not but diet soda was terrible anyway, but I have this very visceral, visceral memory of taking a diet soda and stirring sugar into it to try and like make it regular obviously it got flat but it was like you know what I'm gonna take matters into my own hands here and and see what I can create and obviously I had more than one cavity as a child (laughs) you know I loved the uh the memory of just like mixing the syrup into the milk I now strawberry milk I've never done even as a kid, I remember there being an option at school for chocolate, plain or strawberry. I was always a plain or a chocolate girl. So when I think about that, that mixing together, I definitely was that kid to be like, um, at least two thirds of the yeah. cup is full of syrup. And then like maybe a quarter cup of milk. And there we go. It's perfect. If it's not I black, it's not had like the pre-mixed strawberry milk, but the, like the, the strawberry syrup was for sure a, a staple in my household. I would try it. I'm not above trying it. All right. Put it on the next battle. All right. Battle strawberry syrup. Uh, here we go. I do have one more call in for us. Okay, great. All right. So I'm going to play it for us real quick. Here we go. Hi, this is Mary Kay. And I'm calling to tell you about a memory of uh, a favorite food memory related to the smell. And the thing that really comes to mind, lots of things from probably my mother's kitchen. But the one that really stands out to me the most is on Sunday mornings, we would always have sourdough pancakes. And uh, if you weren't already awake and helping to make them, you would definitely wake up when that smell uh, permeated the house. And uh, it's a smell I like to recall myself when I make sourdough pancakes at home um, using our starter. 
So that's my quick memory. Enjoy. Wow. Yeah. Someone's using their pandemic uh, sourdough kit for, for good. Well, I'll tell you that I know this caller. This caller is my mom. <gasps> that's your mom. And these sourdough pancakes are a family staple and I do make them with sourdough starter. And we now, have a family a starter. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've never made these for you, but you I have never made those for me, Abby. I feel <laughs> a little confused here because I thought we had an understanding. You know what? This is, we haven't had like a battle breakfast. And oh I think God. that we generally go hiking in the mornings. So we don't do a heavy breakfast. So then we go do lunch. So now we, what we need to do is have pancake breakfast followed by naps. Yep. Then maybe a light walk in the afternoon. Or an additional battle in the afternoon. That sounds even better. Just do a day in, day out, just whole thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The sourdough pancakes are incredible. They are unlike anything that you've ever had. I will, we will talk about these at length when I let you try them. Cause I want to get your perspective yeah. on them, but I do know that smell. It is, it is sweet and sour and buttery. It's just all of that together. Well, I think breakfast food has a unique ability to do that. To, yeah. to sort of drive people out of the bed bacon. I'll just bring up again yeah. uh, as, as the first one. So in coffee, I mean, and freshly coffee. brewed coffee will get anybody up. I don't drink coffee, but I love the smell of coffee. Mm. And so when I smell it brewing, it just, get, it gets me excited about my day. It's so warm. I love that. I don't know that I can survive without coffee at this point. Like I'm, I'm so knee deep in what is my addiction to coffee or caffeine. And I don't even know if it's caffeine. Cause I, I don't drink that much of it, yeah. but it's certainly something that has become sort of the routine and it's comforting at that point. Like that first hit of coffee in the morning. Oh, like it's- <laughs> I like things that, that are like coffee that tastes like coffee. So coffee, ice cream, yeah. you know, things like that. I really like, like the, the bitterness that you yes. don't like. I, generally, yes. I'm very, of all the different scent, like flavors, bitter is the one I have the, the most aversion to, I guess, or gotcha. the most sensitivity to. So that's one I'm working, I'm working on it though. So Got it. yeah, but that is that. So um, Jen, the one thing that I really think is important for us to talk about in this podcast is the local food scene. I think, yeah. you know, we've talked a lot about the stuff we've made and some of the, the local and semi-local restaurants people are reviewing on Yelp, but, um, you know, places that we go and we enjoy eating at because, you know, you and I really want to, to experience that. Um, and, and I do have one, um, that I need to share because yeah. this has been my saving grace. Remember that I'm from Texas. So right. Tex-Mex is a really big deal to me. And when you go different places, it, it's like, this isn't right. And you just know that it's not it, even though they like call themselves Tex-Mex. I have a very clear idea of what I'm expecting. And one of those things is queso, right? Queso has to be right. It has to be smooth. It has to have the right level of flavor. Um, and I have it for you. So Cabo's Mexican Cuisine and Cantina, which is in South Charlotte, uh, off like Carmel and Pineville Matthews. They have, they don't even call it queso, Jen. They call it cheese dip. And let me just tell this you, this is a Mexican restaurant and they yes. are just skipping straight to cheese dip, straight okay. to straight to cheese dip. Yeah. And nothing else on the menu is, is structured that way. Like it all sounds, you know, legit. And then there's cheese dip. And so you probably right off the bat would be like, mm, I don't know if I want to try this, but trust me, if you're looking for great queso, their cheese dip at Cabo's is incredible. It's like a white queso blanco 
type oh, yeah. of queso with um, like poblanos or other bits of green peppers in it. So it has this great level of flavor and spice, just the right amount. Um, so it doesn't just taste like you're just eating a heavy cheese and it has the right level of like run consistency, yeah. like the ribboning that, like, velvety. Mm -hmm. Yes. Velvety smooth. It's so good. So strongly recommended if you're looking for a great queso, that's where you find it. I enjoy sort of the hierarchy and the pretentiousness of, of native Tex Mexican leaning folks Yeah, because it's like, there is traditional Mexican food. Right. And then I think I corrected myself earlier when I said Tex-Mex and because that's what I cook, right? I don't, I don't have, I have no experience cooking authentic Mexican food. Most of what I cook would probably be in the Tex-Mex yeah. or, or Americanized. American. Yeah. Like Chinese right. food that we're used to is American food. Yeah. Right. Right. So Tex-Mex is almost like the apology to, to traditional Mexican cuisine of like, we know we screwed this up somewhere, but now we care about it too much. So we're owning it. That's right. So I like that, right. that traditional Mexican food wouldn't, would not want the name of Tex-Mex and then vice versa. Cause it is its own unique thing. Now it's yeah. evolved into its own category. That was and I'll, I will tangent. try, I promise to try my best to not do that terrible Texan thing about being like, well, in Texas, we blah, blah, blah. Because I also hate that. I'm looking at you, New Yorkers. I hate it, but also Texans, I hate it. So for me, it's just like, oh, that's an experience I have. And that's a, I, there's a reason why I feel that way, but I'm going to try really hard to not try and make it sound superior. Cause I do. Look, I want you to hang your hat on these opinions. Abby. My I cowboy don't want hat. To apologize for being Texan, your cowboy hat and your goofy boots. I think, you know what, if, if we're not here to share strong opinions, then what are we here to do? You know, right? you're absolutely I'm right. I'm from Texas. God damn it. And this is what I think that Texan food should look like. Yes. This is what it's yes. supposed to be because God created Texas. Yes. Something like that. I would much uh, rather I, listen yes. to that than, uh, than listen to you make apologies. For You're right. This is not an apology tour. No, it's not. Be we'll see if the are. next one, we have to apologize for anything we said. <laughs> we might. Awesome. Uh, well, that wraps up everything that, you know, I can talk about today before I need to eat something because now I'm starving. <laughs> This is the uh, battle that we're going to be facing every, uh, every episode of, yes. can we make it through this without crunching sounds being uh, shared over the airwaves? And I don't know that it'd be wrong. It's not great ASMR, not great podcasting, but it is great food. So truth, truth. I am Jen. I'm Abby. We'll talk to you guys next time on Amused Boosh. <laughs>